0: Hello and welcome to Catholic Women Lead, a podcast brought to you by Catholic Women in Business. I'm Elise Gallagher.
1: And I'm Taryn DeLong, and we're co-presidents of Catholic Women in Business.
0: Whether you're a working mom, a young professional, or business veteran, fitting work in between nap times and kid pickups, or discerning your next steps, Catholic Women in Business is a resource and community for you to grow professionally and spiritually alongside other
1: women. On this podcast, we're sharing tips, advice, and inspiration from leading Catholic businesswomen to help you grow your career or business faithfully. We believe in what Pope John Paul the Great called the feminine genius, and we're here to help you tap into yours and use business to make the world a better place.
0: Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode.
1: Did you know Catholic Women in Business has a new membership community? It includes a monthly mastermind meeting featuring an hour of learning and half an hour of breakout discussion and networking. As a member, you'll also have access to recordings of each mastermind meeting, access to a member business directory, exclusive podcast episodes, and more. As a podcast listener, you can get 15% off your membership. Go to catholicwomeninbusiness.com slash membership and use discount code podcast for 15% off. That's catholicwomeninbusiness.com slash membership and discount code P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Your community of faithful Catholic women in business is waiting. We'll see you there.
0: Hi, Catholic Women Business Community, and welcome back to Catholic Women Lead, our podcast where we take a look at the various, many different ways that it looks like to be a Catholic woman in business. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Natasha Lovely. She is indeed lovely. I'm sure you get so funny (laughs) jokes about that, but you truly are so wonderful, Natasha. It's been great getting to know you over the last few months. Natasha is a um, branding expertise expert, and I am so excited to dive into this interview today. Natasha is driven by an entrepreneurial and creative spirit, and she purposely integrates her expertise as a psychotherapist and storytelling marketer to evaluate and enhance iconic brands through impactful communication. Natasha is a seasoned communicator, brand strategist, psychotherapist, entrepreneur, and global influencer. She graduated top of her class from the University of Michigan and holds a MSW and MBA. Her love of design, human psychology, and culture fueled the evolution of her human-centered and purpose-inspired approach to communication and marketing, and her positioning as an international tastemaker, authority of premier branding, and an influential champion of the modern multi-hyphenate. Natasha has worked with companies including Procter & Gamble, Marriott, Zappos, Serena, and Lilly. Delta, iHeartRadio, Michigan Medicine, Cleveland Clinic, and Zappos. Natasha, welcome to Catholic Women Lead. Thanks so much for being here.
2: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Why? Well, that intro was quite impressive. Um, Why don't you go ahead and tell our community a little bit more about yourself, your career path so far, and how you got to where you are today?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, like you mentioned, a true multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate Catholic woman. My life professionally and personally has been quite non-linear. God has just taken me on this journey just full of just beautiful adventures and a lot of cross-pollination of different experiences. Um, All of the experiences God has taken me on have taught me this power and beauty that comes with what happens when we marry those desires that he gives us with our passions and our expertise with the intention of doing good and serving other people Um, so like i said my path has been quite non-linear i actually when i started my professional career i started thinking i was going to be a fashion designer Um, i grew up as an expat child Uh, i came to the united states when i was four um, and so I grew up in Columbia, South America, and my family is actually, most of them are still there. And that's a very, it's actually the fashion capital of the world. It's where most of the textiles are designed. Kind of an interesting fact. <laughs> most of our fabrics come from Colombia. And so for me, being in that culture, just textiles and fashion were a way of connecting with the world and I think that's really what sparked my creativity and so I would fill sketchbooks and my family was very patient with me they would be fit models for things that I would want to design and then um, when I started college I started in visual communications and then halfway through I took a psychology class and I say I went from designing clothes Um, on sketchbooks to designing lifestyles, I absolutely loved working with people. And I think that's where I realized that connection with design was really, I wanted to connect with people and understand that bio cycle and social level even deeper. Um, And so from there, I really focused in my undergrad of taking the time to understand? How do you tell people stories? How do you extract those stories from people? Um, And then I went on and I I became a clinical therapist. I worked at Michigan Medicine and then Cleveland Clinic, um, both in inpatient psychiatry. And then I moved into the women and children's units. And at the same time, that was very heavy work. And what I was lacking was that creativity um, or exercising it, I guess I should say. And so I started a blog. And this was back before what we think of blogging and um, influencers and really the content creation we see now, this was more of just writing stories. Um, and then I remember, it was, oh gosh, I don't remember the year, but the first company that reached out to me was actually Procter & Gamble to write a story um, for the launch of a new product. My gosh, that's incredible! I know it was. I thought it was a joke at first. It was like, "There's no way!" I ran to my my mom. I was like, "Is this real?" She's like, "Well, respond and see what happens." Um, And from there, things just one led to another, and you build those connections. Um, And I started PNG, and then really sticking in that CPG space of consumer goods, and I started creating content. Um, and strategy for different CPG companies, whether it was Procter & Gamble, I worked with Unilever for a bit, then Zappos um, was one of the first ones. And this again was when digital marketing was still very new. So what was great is I was learning that strategy piece that these large companies were also trying to learn, but being on the outside, you know, sometimes we, we can learn those things quicker and apply them faster than you can in that corporate environment. Um, and I eventually left my job at the hospital, um, realizing this could be a business. (laughs) Um, and so for about two or three years, I was consulting digital marketing and content strategy. And then, um, I actually, I went to my mom and I, I told her, I think I want to do something bigger. (laughs) Um, what a lot of people and individuals are coming to me for is personal branding and what i'm realizing is that when they're asking me or that's what i liked the what people were coming to me for certainly the companies were coming for the strategy and the content creation but what was sparking my interest was this idea of people saying help me with my personal brand but it something wasn't connecting with this ask that people were giving me because of what people were requesting was the logo the typography the colors and as a therapist, I think that's where, for me, it clicked was, you're not a logo, you're not a color palette, you're not a form of typography, you're a human being, there's so much more to you, you're so multidimensional, how can we extract who you are and what your brand is, and then put those those visual elements are just piece, a small piece of that brand. And so... Um, from there, I put a business proposal together. I, I pitched it to my mom who's my business partner and she's like, let's go for it. Let's see what happens. Let's create a framework. Um, we created a personal branding framework and then that was the beginning of Aspen and Oliva. And yeah, now here we are, that started in 2016. Um, we've grown you know, into an agency now that, that helps professional women build their personal brands and professional development.
0: That's so incredible, Natasha. I love this. As a marketing director, this is just my wheelhouse. So I've loved hearing everything uh, that you just mentioned. What was your experience like receiving your MBA from University of Cincinnati? So I have a lot of um, young women in business who are kind of in that early stages of their career where they've worked a few years and aren't sure if they need to go back for their MBA or not? What's your advice to them? And can you talk about your experience getting an MBA?
2: Yeah, sure. So I had, I love school. If I could make a career out of being a student, I I love to learn. Um, And so I had, for me, that line of sight was always I'll eventually go and get my MBA. I just didn't know when that would happen. Um, and so for me, it was just being very intentional and discerning when is the right time to do this. Um, and that transition happened when I had decided to leave the hospital. So stop being a therapist and then move and take, I wanna take my business more seriously and I wanna make this my, my career. Um, and so for me, it was, I knew that I wanted to do it. I knew I wanted to get my MBA, but I, I'll be very, all cards on the table It was more of the vanity of, I want the MBA. <laughs> behind my I MBA. think we've,
0: we've all been there. Yeah. At least had some, <laughs> something in our lives that yeah.
2: Yeah, have acted I'm gonna, as that. Just, and I mean, all cards on the table and Um, It was more for the credibility. I think for me too, I was working with these companies and that was a big hurdle for me to convince them, hire me to create a strategy. And I'm really there, you know, I'm a therapist right now, but I know I can do it. Right. Right. And so that MBA was going to give me that credibility that I needed at that moment to continue working with the PNGs of the world, the Amazons, the Deltas. Um, But it was, it was very different. I think in a, Again, I come from being a social worker, where for me, everything was, how can you help people? How can you serve people? How can you do good? Um, Nothing was about profit or building a business or having a strategy or having a plan. Um, And going into my MBA, I remember the first semester was really hard because everything was about profit. Uh, cutting resources, and sometimes you'd have to. Your resources are your people, yes. but everything yeah. was about building a a business mm-hmm. that produced profit, and that was a point of friction for me because I think um, I think you were part of the development of this, the Gospel of Work from the Catholic University of America. That was what I felt was missing in my MBA, was that work is a means Mm. for our sanctification, right? Through work, God's calling us to be co-creators, improving, developing, and innovating what's in front of us. Um, I think had I gone into my MBA from that perspective, things would have been, oh my gosh, a whole different (laughs)
0: ballgame. So, okay, so when did you and your career path kind of Um, make that connection that through our work, we become co-creators with God?
2: That's a good question. You know, I, for me, when I made that connection was when we started working probably, probably a year into our, our business as an agency. Mm -hmm. Um, I started one, I think year one as any business, you're figuring stuff out. Right. Right. year two once we had you know the framework we had all the operations um, all solidified I was able to really focus on on those clients on a deeper level and understand I'm helping this person become the best of who they are and who God's calling them to be so that then they can go out and do what they're being called to do to share their expertise their experience to then make the world, 10 million times better than how how it was the day before and so that connection of understanding how purposeful my work really is in every interaction every decision um, every word every thought that's really where that connection was made of i'm we're doing god's work right every day we're we're helping him and serving him by what in our personal and professional lives by our actions and our thoughts.
0: I love that so much, Natasha. This is a conversation we have a lot at Catholic Women in Business, which is what is the purpose of work? Is it just something that we do for our vanity? Is it something we do out of necessity? Um, Is it a combination of both? Um, But where I really find peace is that my workplace is my mission field. And it is where the Lord has called me to be his hands and feet and um, salt to the earth. Um, And it has looked different in different seasons. I'm um, in transition right now where I'm moving from being a CEO and founder to being a VP at a um, law firm, my family's business. And um, I've gone from running a team of 10 to a team of 70. And it has taken a lot of stretching for me to... um, enter into this new season of life. I'm working outside the home for the first time and in a long time. And, um, I've just asked myself a lot, the question of like, why are you calling me to do this Lord? Um, and are you sure you're calling me to it? It was a lot of resistance at first. I'm like, are you sure? Um, but he is sure he knows what he's doing. And, um, it's just a matter of me trusting him to step into this, this new season, this new role in my life. Um, but that that thought of being co-creators with him and being able to create impact within this organization um, through my own areas of expertise and through my feminine genius um, has been very comforting. And um, I love that you've brought that into your work as well.
2: Completely. And I think you, like whoever's listening to this, you're touching more people than what you realize, right. Mm -hmm. I'm in a very different season of life than you, but I remember this and you can correct me on the time, but this was maybe seven, eight months ago, you put a post about a change of seasons, right. Where you Mm -hmm. were stepping more into that president role of ringlet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, the same thing as the founder of an agency, I was going to the transition of now I sit more on a higher level side Mm -hmm. because of, you know, a different aspect of life that a different path God's calling me on right now. And I remember how inspiring that was for me because it was so hard of, Oh my gosh, here I spent seven years building mm. this agency and God, you're calling me to do what?
0: <laughs> right? right. Natasha, I can't tell you how many times I've had that thought. Over the last six months I know it doesn't yep.
2: make sense, but then mm-hmm. things, once you start getting into it and you just trust him, You're like, okay, God, I see what you're doing. I might not see the final picture, but there's a piece about it. And I just remember when you posted that, that was kind of my, and I'm sure from, it's not just, I know it's not just me, other people like it's okay. God will call you to different seasons of life and you just have to trust him that he's calling you to something that's needed for a much bigger purpose than what you realize in that moment, you know? Certainly, you know, Ringlet is still going, and it's still moving, and it's still helping people, but now you've just expanded your impact to 70 people, and those 70 people are now impacting, you know, another 70 people, right?
0: Absolutely. Thank you for saying that, and thank you for that encouragement. Um, it's sometimes, I mean, all the times we can only see, the Lord allows us to see such a small portion mm-hmm. of our impact and, and his grand plan that he has for our lives and our work. Um, Natasha, you have a lot going on. So I wanted to ask you, what systems or practices do you have in place that Um, You so that you make sure you're spending time where it needs to be spent. I know as someone who has a lot to do throughout the day, I can get very scatterbrained or just feel overwhelmed about everything I have to do. How do you prioritize your time? Sure, so
2: progress, not perfection is how I will preface my answer. Still definitely learning um, those practices and systems, but I think the biggest thing that I have been learning over the past year is this notion of it's not about balance, it's about integrating
0: mm.
2: what you need, you know, where you're being called to be um, into your life, personally and professionally, right? I think sometimes as women and just even men in general, we see this separation of our personal and professional lives. And that's not the case we are one person our professional lives and our personal lives are one in the same right we're called to be the same person in, in both places and it's about prioritizing where am i being called to be right now and how can i integrate those priorities together be intentional with my time and my energy and just really practice discipline um on a practical level one thing that's i um It's called the Full Focus Planner by Michael Hyatt and Company. It's great. Um, As someone who wants to do a lot of things and wants to be in a lot of places (laughs) and has a lot of goals and a lot of aspirations, this planner is structured um, perfectly, right? You set your top three priorities for the day. Um, And then you can bucket things based off your work, you can bucket things based off your apostolates, um, off your family, off habits, off goals, and that's, that's just really helped me. And then you prioritize things, right? Like this is priority number one, this is two, and this is three. Um, And the rest, you know, we can't do it all. (laughs) So then the rest, you know, you put into to where you can.
0: Mm, that's great. We'll definitely link that um planner in our show notes. Um, I love the idea of integration and, and that's mm-hmm. something that the Lord's been calling me to a lot in the last couple of years as I've entered into motherhood. I gave a talk a couple of weeks ago and <clears throat> the conversation, it actually was like I gave a little talk that we had a round table, and the women there were actually talking about energy management versus time management, and this is a new concept for me, but I have been contemplating it over the last couple of weeks, and it has really helped me shift from just trying to fit my to-do list into the day and instead looking at pockets of energy throughout my day And what I want to be doing with that energy. So, for example, I know at the beginning of the day, um, I have been able to, praise the Lord, my girls have been sleeping through the night. I've been able to get up earlier before them and um, pray a little bit or exercise. You know, it takes me a little bit of time to, like, wake up. So I make a coffee. Um, This morning I did a bar class, which is great from home. Um, And I know my... I know my energy is, is high during that time where I'm really able to pour it into uh, my family, myself and, and prayer. I know mid afternoon, that energy is flagging. And um, by the time I get home at you know, six o'clock, I know that all of my family's energy is just that we're completely wiped, which also helps kind of um, set the bar for expectations of how our time's gonna go. Um and then I know I get like a second wind around eight o'clock, so I can use this like little pocket of time so we're recording to to get the last things done. So anyway, just finding out um kind of shifting that mindset of from just time management to energy management which has been really interesting.
2: I love that because I think it goes back to being intentional knowing yourself mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. intentional, right? So very similar the morning for me is i'm a slow person in the morning and so but i also know in the morning i would be okay answering emails or doing those life admin tasks right at night around eight o'clock i am like a whole new person the creative juices are flowing and so i can allocate that energy i love that versus the time i'm going to start using that allocate that energy to those creative things that i need to do
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So Natasha, you are an expert when it comes to branding. We have you speaking at our Catholic Women Business Mastermind meeting in July, all about personal branding. But before I go into that, um, could you give me just one piece of advice that you'd have for professional women who are looking to elevate their personal brand?
2: Sure. So I, you know, we've talked about intentionality a bit, so I'll move off that, but I would say one, be obsessed with being intentional. <laughs> um, and then from a practical perspective, the CWIB community, I know we love to take action. So I'll give you some, some actionable advice in terms of branding. Um, pick four things things that you are very passionate about. And you would say, I can talk about this. And I'm an expert at this. This is how I'm going to serve the world. What are those four things that you are an expert in? And then from there, write down three unique insights that you have under those four pillars. Um, And then the final thing I, I would have you do is write a headline. Like, what is your, what is your mission statement? Don't think of it as a personal brand. What is your personal mission statement. And then from there, um, you've kind of essentially created a a little starting point for your personal brand. So that's the advice that I would give kind of on a a practical level, if you're looking to kind of start solidifying or founding your personal brand, figure out what those four pillars of you are um, and then what your unique insights are.
0: I love that. I think sometimes branding gets a bad rep. And I think it's so important when um, I interview people for positions, the people that I'm drawn to are those who have a high level of self-knowledge and are able to communicate that self-knowledge. So when you're talking about those four pillars, I'm like, wow, that's incredible if someone's able to tell me what they stand for their mission statement um, and you know those four things that they're an expert in that is going to help me understand if they're a good fit for the organization and where they would fit in that organization um, and also just to get to know them i think um, the people that were able to grow in relationship in the workplace are um, those who are able to extend themselves. And it sounds like this personal branding helps us to to do that. Totally. Absolutely. So Natasha, can you tell us a little bit about your mastermind meeting that is coming up in July?
2: Yes, I'm so excited. So we are actually going to, it's going to be very interactive. So get ready. Um, <laughs> I will be walking you through the actual framework and process that we use for our clients at Aspen and Aliva, So we typically work with a client for 12 months um, through this process, but I'm going to give you the framework. Uh, We'll work through it during this mastermind. We'll architect what we call your moment of encounter. So your moment of encounter Mm -hmm. is your first moment of truth. This is when someone, you know, like Elise, you just mentioned when you meet someone and you're interviewing someone, what is it that you are perceiving in that moment Are that person is deciding am i going to continue an engagement with this person based off how they view you what they hear um, what they're captivated by your unique skills what gifts you offer so we'll, we'll architect that first moment of encounter we will refine your moment of experience this moment is a little more profound than that moment of encounter right this is where someone really gets to know you will um identify what your essentials are, who you are um, in your business, in your family life, in your community life, and then we'll master your brand value. So this is, we'll talk about um, whether it's going to be monetizing your brand or how you'll then go out and and live essentially your personal brand. So um, I'm very excited, get ready. It's gonna be very fun. There's a workbook that comes included with it, and I, I hope to see you in July.
0: It's going to be amazing. If you are interested in learning more about personal branding from Natasha, go ahead and sign up for the Catholic Women and Business um, community membership. You can just go to catholicwomenbusiness.com slash membership and go ahead and sign up for our monthly subscription. Natasha, it has been great speaking with you this evening. Thank you so much for joining us on Catholic Women Lead.
2: Likewise. Thank you.
0: Where can people find you, Natasha?
2: Oh, sure. So I'm on Instagram. Um, it would be at Natasha.Lucia, L-U-C-I-A, or you can go to NatashaLucia.com. And then from there, I link Aspen and Oliva um, or you know anything else that you need to find out about me.
0: Thanks, Natasha. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening to Catholic Women Lead. We hope you feel inspired in your vocation as a Catholic woman in business. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes. You can also join us on Instagram at Catholic Women in Business or in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Catholic Women in Business. Until next time, we'll be praying for you.